listening to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast, where we're going to continue on with our divisional deep dive and get into the NFC East tonight. As always, you're joined by your host, Bob and Dan, who has now joined the Old Man Club this past week. So, <laughs> Dan, what up? <laughs> what up, Bob? Yeah. Hit the big 3-5 this week. It's, uh, it's a milestone. Yep. Uh, I don't feel a day old over 34, which is accurate. <laughs> because that's exactly how old I am. (laughs) Feeling Greg. Yep, feeling pretty Greg. Yeah, so you got the old birthday celebration last week, and then... Oh, it was a lovely occasion. Yep. I was busy packing boxes. A a monster truck rally, which, uh, if anyone out there has ever been to one, you know how uh, hilarious and fun they are. Uh, If you've never been to one, I highly recommend you uh, go, because it is a good time. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And speaking of the birthday weekend, you had uh, our buddy Craig down there. Did you tell him that he's going to need to pay up here soon? Or <laughs> Oh, I brought it up several times and uh, probably ad nauseum. And, uh, <laughs> I'm sure after a few cocktails. Yeah, that's right. And uh, it's a situation where, you know, he knows he's got to pay up and... You know, hopefully it happens soon. I'm not holding my breath, though, unfortunately. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's great. So, yeah, I mean, uh, appreciate the uh, patience, everybody. Uh, just couldn't get to recording on Wednesday night. I've been parking up nonstop, so I'm glad we could at least bump it a few days here because I know sure. you had something Thursday night with the wife for your birthday, so Friday night it is. It works out fine for me. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, that's that's the flexibility of the off season, I guess. I mean, right. even though this off season has been crazy uh, in terms of kind of activity going on and stuff like that, but uh, yeah, that's I'm ready pretty... to get down to it and, and talking some uh, football with you again, here, Bobby. It's, I mean, it's a pretty good segue, Dan. And uh, the reason why is it, it seemed like it was pretty quiet this week. I didn't really have any news until right around dinner time, where the Vikings signed. Adam Thielen to a four-year, $64 million extension that will pay him $16 million per year as the sixth highest paid wideout in the league. What do you think of that deal for Adam Thielen? Uh, absolutely well-deserved. Right. Um, I mean, he was on a, a deal that was very uh, friendly to the club. Um, and for him to get that, I, I think it's a tribute to his offseason. I mean, not his offseason, but the last couple of seasons he's had uh, where I mean, he's been the arguably one of the most consistent, if not the most consistent wide out in the league. Uh, my, my only question is, is, you know, with all the weird stuff that's been going on all this offseason when people complaining about about paychecks and things like that. And then you had that weird thing with Stefan Diggs where he was right. complaining about um, – you know, not complaining, but putting himself out there on Instagram, where someone was putting him out there on Instagram with a uh, Redskins jersey on, which is pretty fitting considering the conference we're talking about today. Right. Uh, I, you know, I just I, I don't know uh, if this is going to cause some uh, you know bad blood or some harsh feelings or something like that. That's just the weird thing about this off season. Yeah, everybody's got real sensitive feelings in the league. This. Uh... This, this time and age here, it seems like. I know Antonio Brown's been going back and forth for no reason with 
Juju Smith-Schuster out of nowhere. And, yeah, hopefully this wouldn't be the case because, I mean, him and Diggs together might be the best one-two punch in the league, wide receiver-wise. I I would agree with that 100%. Um, I mean, it it, it used to be a situation where you were thinking about one-two punches. Obviously, our our old team would come up. Uh, A.B. and Juju Smith-Schuster, that is no more. Uh, I I think the only people really right now that kind of come to mind – uh, are Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones, and frankly now Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. But uh, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, right up. Uh, I think this is a big year for Kirk Cousins. Um, he better I mean, come through. <laughs> he was fresh in the system last year, so I think you had a little bit. Oh, he's still getting used to it, maybe. Uh, but this is by far the the most receiving talent he's ever had. Uh, so he better come through for that contract this year. Things are going to get a little awkward there in Minnesota, I think. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason. And we talked about it when we did our NFC North. He he, he had his best, I guess, yardage and touchdown, I don't want to say statistical year. But right. it still seemed disappointing when you looked at like what he went from in Washington to what he went to in Minnesota. You would have thought much more. So, yeah, this, I mean, he better put it together this year because, I mean, they're locking up the weapons around him, that's for sure. For sure. I mean, and if, if they, I mean, I'm not really sure what's going to happen if he, if they, if it doesn't. Right. Uh, because of the, of, of the massive, um, you know, contract he got. But, you know, there's still a lot of, I mean, it, we're still really early in the, in the off season. Uh, we haven't even had the draft yet. So, you know, I, I don't think it's a situation where we need to be too worried. But, you know, good for Adam Thielen. That's what I'm going to say is, is good for him. Well deserved. Uh, for a very elite fantasy option. Quick pulse check. Where would you take him if you had to draft right now? Ooh. Uh, I mean, I'm comfortable, frankly, taking him in the second round. So um, just because I I know that the uh, like the consistency is going to be there. So it's, it's not a matter of do I think he's going to pay off because I think he will. Uh, it's just a matter of when. I mean, he cooled off a little bit towards the end of last season. Right. Uh, but you know what? Uh, second round, I'm feeling good about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm close. I'm, I'm third round. But, yeah, I mean, that he's a top <laughs> – I mean, it's probably over. I mean, where, where did you where did you get him last year? That's the thing. I mean, you you bought big time in Adam Thielen last season, um, way more than a lot of people, way earlier than anyone in our league, and uh, you got him in where, Bob? I, I, it was so, ridiculously late. Well, no, so that was two years ago. I got him in like the ninth round, and then oh, and he I, was your keeper. I, no, Zeke was. Oh right, that I, bargain basement th- Zeke price. I think I think Craig might have uh, got him in the third, fourth round, something like that. Oh, so. okay, so that's kind of fair. Yeah, so I mean, if it's the fourth round, he could very well be in the keeper conversation for yeah, him, depending for sure. on what he's got. So for sure. But we'll maybe ask Craig if he ever gets on the show and pays off his bet. <laughs> <laughs> he's not allowed on until he does. That's the thing. There you go, Craig. Have to keep calling you out. And, John, we're not forgetting about you, too, there, buddy. Yep. So, Dan, you ready to get into the deep dive for the NFC East? For sure. Yep. So this is the one of our final two. We'll finish up next week with, boy, when I, when I think about it, NFC West could be a little bit of a dud as far as fantasy uh, skill yeah, players. It, but... it, it is a uh, 
It is a rough division in terms of fantasy talent right now. I'll tell you that right now. But yeah, the way we do it, um, this will be the NFC East where we'll do conversation around overall offensive ranks, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Uh, who's the best in those positions? We'll rank the quarterbacks. We'll go over the defensive ranks, breakout potential, and biggest needs to close up the show. So... Dan, give us your overall offensive ranks for the NFC East. Yeah, to me, uh, this wasn't even really that close, to be honest with you. And it, it kind of actually surprised me um, when I was thinking about it because of the, the teams involved. And it, it just goes right down the list for me. is Cowboys, Eagles, uh, Giants, Redskins. And... Uh, Cowboys, what it boils down to for me is that top top tier talent in every skill position outside of tight end. Right. Uh, that that's the only position I see a weakness in. Uh, I guess they're getting Jason Witten back. Uh, that's a thing now. So uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not even someone, frankly, who I, I'm even going to take a, a late round flyer on. Uh, it's not someone who who you should be fantasy draft drafting in your fantasy draft. I'll say that right now. Right. Um, but Dak Prescott, a nice dual threat quarterback who finally has an elite downfield talent to catch balls for him uh, in Amari Cooper. And we talked about this so much last summer or last season, which was what a change of venue has done for Amari Cooper. We always knew he was very talented, uh, but man, he was just stymied out there in Oakland. Uh, I don't know if it was the system. I don't know if it was the quarterback. I don't know what it was, uh, but he had nice games here or there. There were weeks before uh, where he was winning people weeks. I mean, just numbers. But the consistency only came when he came to Dallas uh, and, and had Dak Prescott. And the other thing is, is that Zeke, there's, I mean, Zeke showed you this year that he is as dual threat as they come. It, it, to me, that's exactly seeing what him I banked college, on last year. Right. Seeing him in college, he looked like a north south runner, fantastic talent, great speed, hard to tackle. I think this season he kind of showed. Uh, what he can bring to the receiving game out of the backfield because that was something I don't think you really got a lot of. You got a lot of it last year, and I expect more of it because this offense runs through Zeke. It rises and falls with Zeke, uh, and it, when Zeke is on fire, it just makes everything else better, including Amari Cooper. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, do you want to go over the Giants or Redskins, or do you, are you ready for me to go through mine? Or uh, I mean, do we have to talk yeah. about the Giants yeah. and Redskins at all today? Nah. Uh, uh, I mean, it's one of those things is that uh, I don't know why. I get why. I guess I get why you're bringing Eli back. Uh, he, he is a Hall of Fame quarterback who had some fantastic seasons in the NFL. Uh, it does not look like he's the same player. I mean, it's just one of those things. Is you lose a step here or there. And, I mean, it doesn't take away about, from what he's done. Uh, but not a fantasy relevant quarterback. I, I took a shot. You can bust my chops about that one. I was wrong. I thought he would be an elite talent, uh, top 25 quarterback, and he was just outside that. Um, I think it was top 15, actually. It was just outside that. But uh, right now, the only weapon on that team that causes you any concern in terms of if you're a defense in the NFL is San Juan Barkley. And we showed last year, tough to bring down. Always is going to put up numbers, but I'm not necessarily, uh, you know, worried about anybody else. Sterling Shepard. No, not really. Um, and geez, looking at the Redskins, Bob, oh, don't even don't do it. <laughs> 
I mean, it, it's like you just like, oh, oh my, oh, oh, who's, who are the receivers going to be? Hey, you know, who what are I, the receivers going to be, Bob? You, you know what I say when I look at the Redskins? Goo. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm terrified. <laughs> I feel like I'm sitting in a graveyard right now. <laughs> I just Hugging don't even. I don't, fear. Yeah. First thing, I don't know who the quarterback is because. Apparently it was gonna be Colt McCoy, but he just is coming off surgery. You got Case Keenum. He was less than stellar when he went to Denver, so you don't really know what you got there. Maybe that works to Case Keenum's benefit. I'm not sure because he had that great season in Minnesota when no one was really expecting him to come out of anywhere. I'm gonna stop you right there. Who is he throwing to in Minnesota? Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. Yep, he's not throwing to these guys in uh, and Washington. And don't forget Kyle Rudolph. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, nothing to take away from Kyle Rudolph. It's yeah. just one of those tight end jokes you got to throw in there. He's, he's 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 a body. I mean, I mean, let's look at the Washington Redskins right now. We you don't know what you've got in Geis because of the injury. Uh, he could set the world on fire, just like every most of the t- the running backs from last season did. But they gave uh, AP you, a two year contract. You, you, but you don't know what you got with AP. You hope he has a great season like you had before. Uh, but it's also AP. I mean, he could be Frank Gore who can stand the test of time. It doesn't matter what happens in terms of time with AP, uh, but it could. Who knows? He had that weird season where it was a kind of a lost season where he like went between three or four teams. Uh, and frankly, right now, I think your best offensive weapon is Mr. Thank You for the Beer. Jordan Reed. That's probably <laughs> the, you dick. the best the best weapon in terms of offensive firepower on that team. And frankly, you don't know how long you're gonna have him if he's gonna be there. Uh, and how long, how many games he'll even be able to play? I can't wait to make that bet this season again. I'm gonna hammer the under, <laughs> yeah, whatever it is, right? Two games, I mean, I'm taking the under. I mean, to me, this is two, this is a division of two teams, uh, that have figured it out or are starting to figure it out, and two teams who are still trying to work through the process Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Redskins. I mean, it's not even too close to me, frankly. Um, just because the two teams that have figured it out have elite talent at every position and the others have elite talent here and there uh, in terms of the Giants and then very questionable and just in my humble opinion skill position players in Washington yeah so I'm, I'm very close and I think my conversation is going to change when we talk about the individual players on these teams but mine was Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Redskins and the, the only reason I put the Eagles is uh, um your point they have weapons at every level i think they did a nice job of filling a hole with signing jordan howard who's been one of the league's yardage uh rushing leaders since 2016 so is he dynamic like zeke by no means but they needed somebody that could be an early down workhorse and i I think he can be that for them um i really like the signing of deshaun jackson to go with alshon jeffrey and nelson aguilar and to me your point was you know the tight end in, in Dallas well the Eagles have one of the top three tight ends in the league in Zach Ertz so when I put it all together as a team offensively I like the Eagles by a hair but the Cowboys to me have up front the better skill players I just 
I honestly broke sort of a tie on the the tight end, which is right. very good for for Dallas. Right. But to right. me, Zeke's one of my favorite players. Uh, I think I've talked about him enough over the past year of the podcast. Here, he's one of the best in the league. And to your point, we'll talk about him in in more detail in a little bit. Dak Prescott has done a great job rushing and passing, and he doesn't really make mistakes, which really helps uh, keep the team safe as well as his fantasy production. And to your point, they did a great job in one year to go from what looked like one of the worst receiving cores to a pretty good one with Amari Cooper, Randall Cobb, and Michael Gallup. If Cobb can stay healthy and produce at any level, that's a pretty good three-headed team. It's just, yeah, tight end is still a weakness for, for them. I don't think Jason Witten fills that void for them at all. So. Oh, me either. Um, I mean, I just – I mean, I, I know last year we were talking about, you know – you know, especially in our dynasty draft, which was a situation where we were thinking, oh, well, you might be able to steal some pretty decent, uh, you know, um, fantasy tight end talent here in terms of, uh, you know, the tight ends out there in Dallas. But boy, none of them, none of them, none, none of them. them. Yeah, we took a none flyer. Of them on, out. I think we took a flyer on two of them and none of them works. It was like, oh, maybe one of these two will. Uh, emerge and it's like, well, no, nah, that didn't happen. So we dumped both of them, I think. If not, we're dumping the other one. I, I can't remember which one we even have on the team. It's like Jeff Swaim and pff, I don't even remember. But <laughs> yeah, uh, that's how worthless they were, even on a dynasty format. Right. Uh, for the Giants, yeah, I, I mean, it's all on Saquon's shoulders for sure. I actually think Evan Ingram's going to have a huge role in the offense and at a position that's starved for players sure. uh, in fantasy. Um, I actually didn't mind the Golden Tate pickup, and they just locked in Sterling Shepard, so both those guys are locked in for the uh, foreseeable future. Yeah, It's just weird true. that you give up Odell Beckham and sign those two to extensions. I Right. To me, just get young at the quarterback position. I don't. <laughs> right. I mean, the skill positions are there. Uh, I mean, why not take a flyer on Dwayne Haskins? I mean, it's one of those things is that he's going to be there. And uh, now you're just saying, eh, no, nah, I'm fine. I, I would just rather not not even worry about it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, because they committed to youth movement in the running back and tight end position. And Golden Tate's not young, and neither is Shepard. But, I mean,. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Know. It's weird. I don't know what they really decided to do with getting rid of Odell and then uh, whatever. I mean, it could work. Who knows? Maybe it was just Odell wasn't a fit there anymore. I, I don't know. But or maybe I. I mean, I don't know. To me, because there, there was a story just not too long ago where saying he was disappointed that he was leaving. He he was hurt to hear that he was gone. Really? So what what was really going on here? Yeah, it's uh, very weird. Very awkward. This type of offense looks to me like they're going short passing to get it out of Eli's hands within like a three-step drop. That's what it looks like on paper to me, which could be better for him overall. I don't know how dynamic the offense could be, but this all sets up to me. None of these guys, I mean, Saquon's a game breaker. I'm not saying that, but none of these guys are like stretch the field type of offensive weapons, at least from the receiving roles. So maybe that's Uh, what they're going to do. Golden Tate, not really that type of player. Uh, I mean, he, he does his work over the middle, yards after the catch type of guy. In my he's like, but he's I, like a nine yard for reception type of guy. Sterling Shepard, though, can here and there get those down the field plays, but not in the same fashion that Odell Beckham can. Right. Uh, not even close. I, I guess the other question that comes to mind is: Is Eli even capable of throwing those balls anymore? Yeah, no, they can. Nothing they can against him- Eli, but I'm not sure if, if he has the the ability 
still or the arm strength to, to throw those ball de- balls down the field. Remember what Peyton Manning was doing. Yeah, there were there were some lame ducks out there for a while when he was there in Denver. Yep, yeah, it's, I you stole the words right out of my mouth. That's what I was gonna say. Is you know they could be, uh, you know passes that that start to wobble a little bit for sure. So. Uh, and then for the Redskins, it was just like, the, to me, the running back core was the only thing I liked with AP, Geis, and Chris Thompson. Outside of that, to me, it's just garbage. So no need to go into more detail. We talked about them enough. So, Dan, I'm curious. Uh, let's go over our best running back. I'm going to go first. Uh, mine's probably obvious, but there are two very good contenders for this. And mine's Zeke Elliott. To me, he's the best fantasy running back because he's he gets all of the work. I mean, there's not really much in question. He's been over 4,000 rushing yards in 40 games, so he averages 100 rushing yards a game. Here's where this is what I was banking on when we first started this podcast and when I talked to him as my number one overall pick is I think he's going to increase his receiving role. He went from about 30 receptions or so each of his first two years to 77 last year. So he more than doubled his receiving averages over the first two years. And that added receiving options that I talked about with Gallup, Cobb, and Cooper, I think should ease the defenses just focusing in on him. And I think he easily gets back over double-digit touchdowns this year, only having nine last year. So I just think it's set off for him. If I'm picking number one, I'm sad that I don't have this ability again this year because I loved having – it was just like I just put him in my lineup and just forgot about it. And it was 30 fantasy points almost every week. I would love to hear stories like that in in similar leagues where people waited or were scared because of the impending Zeke suspension uh, that frankly came back and either won leagues or pushed teams over the edge into the playoffs. Uh, Because I I think it happens a lot because you and I, before going into that draft, talked a lot about where do we thought Zeke would fall. And if he fell to a certain spot, I knew you were grabbing him. Uh, and it got to the third round, which I thought was late, late. I didn't think you'd make it out of second. I, I get that there was a suspension, uh, but I think if you plan your draft, if you prepare adequately, uh, you can take that hit for a couple of seasons and or for a couple of games, and it'll play off because it paid off big time for you, my man. Yeah, I mean, he honestly, he single-handedly got me to the championship two years in a row. Oh, really? I mean, when you have that type of running back, it right. really does solve a lot of issues for the rest of your team because then absolutely, you just have to hope you get one other running back that is even good and you just right. stockpile wide receivers around him so that's yep. basically what i did for two straight years so yep dan who's your best running back in this division it's zeke yep. it's zeke uh just i i think the other thing is is that it's going to be interesting this season because uh as much as i think we all saw San Juan Barkley as the main weapon on the team. I still think that the Giants last year felt like Odell Beckham was. Right. I feel like that it was a situation where they felt like they needed to feed him a little bit more, and he would complain that he wasn't getting the ball enough, which rightfully so. He's a great talent. He should be getting the ball. Um, but I just think now this team is going to go running back tight end. Now, right. what other team can you remember in recent years who has done that and, and been very successful? This New England Patriots where they've gone running back talented tight end. Now, I'm not saying that the guy in New York is Rob Gronkowski, but uh, he's he's a name that people are throwing around a lot as a pretty big fantasy option this year. And you've got a better running back in New York than they've ever had in New England before. Uh, and he's a dual threat. I mean, this is the this is the league of dual threat running backs. Christian McCaffrey, in my opinion, is the number one. Uh, San Juan Barkley could surpass him. I'm not going to be surprised if we get one of those 
Uh, one of those games that you and I love seeing and, and everyone's dying to get in fantasy is a 100-100 game right. with a touchdown on each end. Uh, I see Zeke being able to do that now. Right. And I frankly, I see Barkley being able to do that too. He was Zeke, close a few times. Yeah. I mean, Zeke is Zeke is the featured back. I mean, I mean, everything runs through Zeke. Amari Cooper is not the main weapon there. Dak Prescott facilitates the offense through Zeke. Uh, it's checkdowns. It's things like that. Uh, when plays break down, it's where is Zeke at? So he's going to get way more touches, I think. Uh, and frankly, it's, it's going to come down to Zeke is a more established, more experienced player for me too. It's close because, I mean, last year, Barkley going in the first round was insane to me. <laughs> Barkley going in the first round was like, are you out of your mind? Are you skipping over people who have like Fournette? Things like that. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? And now in hindsight, it looks like a brilliant move. Uh, especially for those people who are keeping this year and taking the 10th pick in our draft. So I'm talking to you, Kurt. Yeah. So I was going to ask you that. So Kurt has the 10th pick in a 10 team league, regardless of what other players that he has, are you keeping him at the number 10 pick? Cause I would, I personally would. Absolutely. It's an insane bargain. Yeah. It, is a, it is. I mean, it, that is a bargain. Uh, cause I, I feel like he's a top, top three pick, uh, top, at least a top five for sure. I think uh, he's top. I don't think he gets out of the top three personally. And I, I mean, here's the thing is that you're the 10th pick at the turn. Your pick is Sanquan Barkley. You grab yourself a res- top flight receiver and you sit back and see what happens. And you're pretty happy with those first two rounds. I think. Yep. Yeah. You set your back to my point. I personally would rather have a top flight running back and then I'll do anything else around my team. Doesn't matter. If I get one of those top like six running backs, I'm pretty comfortable. And he, oh, yeah. he gets one gifted to him at the 10 spot, which... Yeah, no kidding. It's absurd. Yep. So, I mean, he drafted him, I think, would have been fourth overall last year, and now he gets him <laughs> the next year at 10th overall with a keeper. Yeah. I mean, that's a great bargain. That's I, I, one of those things is that uh, that's doing your homework, frankly, and, and kind of maybe taking a shot where some people are unwilling to take a shot like me, uh, much more conservative, uh, just not willing to take a, uh, a shot on some, on a rookie like that. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but it, boy, it really paid off for him. Him in the, the big season that Juju had last year, um, big time, big time shot for him. Yeah. I mean, those were the, that was the one, two punch that just, I mean, he, although, although now that I think about it, I think he might have the ability to keep like Nick Chubb in the thirteenth round. Ooh, yeah, because I can't. Yeah, I can't wait. Good. You know what, Dan? One of the episodes as we get closer to the draft, we're gonna. I don't even care. We're talking about the potential keepers for our league, and I'd be curious to go over that discussion. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's going to be some people who are crazy good bargains. Uh, I think and, we and call the, those Greg values. Greg values absolutely <laughs> so yeah I, I i figured you were gonna go zeke but i was curious if you would go saquon so we're on the same page with zeke elliott who is back in the pool for our league so uh i know derek ryan um me yeah you guys all have great running backs just staring yeah, it, in the it, face it's a it's a good problem to have yep so dan who is your best wide receiver in this division uh, this actually was pretty tough. Um, 
I mean, frankly, it, uh, I mean, this was, it's a Mari Cooper. It's a Mari Cooper. We agree. And we agree. It, I mean, it was, I, I was thinking. Uh, Are we going to go Alshon? Alshon, Jeffrey was the other person. I mean, I have him number two. Here's my uh, problem with Alshon. His availability has become lacking over the past yeah. couple of years. The health is questionable. It is absolutely questionable. There's multiple games missed. And the other thing is, is that, uh, I have a lot more, for some reason, confidence in, in Dak Prescott being there and playing than I have in Carson Wentz. Uh, I think you're going to see we Carson have the Wentz, same view when we get to the quarterback, stand. Yeah, I, I, I have a strong, strong suspicion um, that, you know, Wentz is going to be around more than... Um, I mean, Dak is going to be around more than once. So that's kind of what it comes down to for me. And um, and that's basically it. Uh, it wasn't a situation where uh, I really love Amari Cooper because I, I don't necessarily love him. I, I don't I see him maybe as a uh, fifth, sixth round pick personally. Um, yeah, but he's not he's not going to be on your team. I, I, I think he's probably going to go. <laughs> Late third into the fourth, depending on, you know, wh- how the draft falls. So, right. yeah, I, I, yeah, I, at that draft, yeah, I don't think you're gonna get him. But who knows? I mean, we've seen weirder things happen. Right. Um, but I, I mean, Alshon with the injuries and stuff like that, and you know, no one really on the uh, Giants was somebody that I was considering. And what about the skins? Uh, again, again, I'll ask you who, 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 are, who are the receivers on the Redskins? Jamison Crowder, I, I guess. I, I no. don't know anyone else. No, because he's not. He's on the Jets, actually. Oh, yeah, you're right. Now he's on the Jets. Um, it's it's not good, Dan. Don't even rack your brain. <laughs> it's not It's not good. Uh, Josh Doxon is the only other person I can think of. Yep. Uh, who, who I think is coming off of injury. Yeah, man, what... Long, we are going to start longing for the days of Santana Moss. <laughs> oh, 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 that's going deep. Yeah, Dan, I agree with you completely. Uh, and to me, I didn't really have that much back and forth on it because to me, Alshon, when he's good, he's good, but he's not healthy ever. So right. to me, it was Amari Cooper. But yeah, it's not somebody that like, I think we did a best ball draft. I think we might have did, um, what, a 10-team best ball draft where... yeah. I think I want running back, running back, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. It might have been an eight-team league or something like that. But I kept waiting on wide receiver. My second wide receiver was Amari Cooper, and I said, boy, uh, it could be okay. You're not loving it? Yeah, just wasn't really feeling it. And here's why. I mean, it's been pretty much a roller coaster uh, his entire career. But I think getting out of Oakland showed his potential upside as a featured one. Uh, in his time at Dallas, he averaged 80.6 receiving yards per game. That's a full eight yards per game better than any year he's had in Oakland. So he upped it from 72 to 80 pretty much. So, uh, yeah, that's a pretty sizable leap. Uh, Dallas definitely featured him as a number one. Yeah. And they traded an, a first-round pick to get him. So, um I mean, his averages pretty much are around 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns. I can easily see him getting to that, but I would expect more the way he was featured. So that's the type of upside he can bring. To me, he's probably like in the 14 to 16 range if I'm just thinking out loud about rankings. So more of a number two, but he could flash into a back-end number one again. Like he showed his rookie year in Oakland for sure. 
Oh yeah, he he's got the talent. That yeah, that's uh, not the question. It, it's just I guess my only question is is that are they going to use him uh, in, in the way that he should be used? And um, you know I, you're right. I mean it, he didn't even get really a full season there. So I mean there's something to be said for that. Is is that maybe it's a situation where. Um, you know, uh, another year in the system is going to do a, him some wonders and stuff like that, and that's absolutely could be the case. Um, and to your point, Dan, they they didn't really have much outside of him, really. No, no, so they don't really Cobb, have much outside of him now. Uh, yeah, it's all based on Cobb being healthy. I think Gallup could be nice, but uh, they didn't really f- overly feature we, him last year. Yeah, but we had high hopes for Gallup last year, right. and you know he he didn't really do much. Cobb did I'm he not did really he more sh- of Saunter or was, you know, didn't full out Gallup the whole time? Yeah, <laughs> was it a real Gallup? <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit of a trot. Uh, <laughs> Some I games mean, Cobb, he was too hot to trot. Some he was yeah. not. Cobb's a Cobb is a nice addition. Uh, I I just like Cobb's got injury concerns too. Exactly. And, yep. Um, you know, I think Cobb's good when in the running gun Aaron Rodgers offense. I don't know how he's going to do in, in the Dallas offense, uh, but maybe the fact that he's got an elite running back helps him out. Um, but I think the 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 pecking order there in Dallas is clearly Cooper, Cooper. Yeah. and then everybody else. Yep. So Dan, on the count of three, give me your best tight end. One, two, three. Zach Ertz. Yep. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't even really. I don't think I there's know, much discussion. Right? No. Let me just give you a stat or two. Um, just the I, I literally have two stats, and then my third stat is what else do we need to say? So, over the past two seasons alone, he's near 2,000 receiving yards and 16 total touchdowns. And oh yeah, he was the single set season all time reception leader for tight ends with 116. That's my end of story. What do you got? Uh, it, it's just that he's by far not only one of the best, the best tight end in this division, um, but the second best tight end uh, in fantasy. Uh, it, I mean, arguably the the, the first two thousand uh, yards and sixteen touchdowns over two years out of the tight end position. Uh, I mean, if <laughs> not for Travis Kelsey. Uh, I don't think there would be any question that he is the best tight end in the league. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, that's what it boils down to. If if Kelsey wasn't around and if Gronk never existed, I think you'd be, you know, there would be no question uh, that it's Zach Ertz and everybody else. But, you know, too bad he lives, he's living in a Travis Kelsey world. That's right. that's the bottom line. Yep. Um, and, frankly, here's the other thing about Zach Ertz is that I think he showed last year really doesn't matter who the quarterback is in Philadelphia. Zach Ertz is going to get it done. And I harken back to that hard knocks moment uh, when the uh, someone on the Browns defense had just come from Philadelphia and they're going through the stats and the scout team and stuff like that. And they said, Zach Ertz, this is the best receiver on the team. Yeah. You know, that's the respect that he not only is garnering in terms of, you know, fantasy talent and fantasy relevance, but just in the league with the other players. They all recognize he's one of the best uh, and the best receiver on that team. Uh, and it's not even close. There's nobody else in this division in terms of a tight end uh, that has any kind of in- interest to me. Uh, Jordan Reed used to. No, no, thanks. Not taking it uh, unless I have to on waivers. Right. Uh, oh, the Giants fellow does intrigue, intrigue me, though. Yeah, he I like I like Ingram, but there's that's a definite level drop from Ertz to to Ingram, no doubt about it. For sure, for sure. 
So, Dan, uh, I think we might be on the same page with the quarterbacks. Do you want me to go ahead first, or would you like to go first? After you, my good man. Yeah, so mine, and this is like where I said, I might have ranked the Eagles first as a total, but you're noticing I'm talking about a lot of Cowboys players, and my number one quarterback's Dak Prescott, number two, Carson Wentz, three, Eli Manning, and four for now, I put Case Keenum. That, I mean, I could just put Washington quarterback. If that is Case Keenum, (laughs) a lot of my lists were... Uh, someone from Dallas, somebody from, um, you know, Philadelphia, someone from New York, and then whoever is playing that position <laughs> in Washington. Yeah, <laughs> whoever that body might be. Right. So, yeah, Dan, I'll give some stats and I'll toss it to you. So, Dak Prescott, every year uh, since he's been a starter in the league, he's been over 3,300 passing yards. He actually set his high mark last year with 3,885. Here's some areas where he could uh, improve. He still has not been over 23 passing touchdowns. But the nice thing about that is is twofold. He tends to keep his interceptions low. He only had eight last year. I would like to see him be more aggressive pushing the ball downfield, which I think he now has the weapons where he could do that. I mean, he had Dez there for a while. Um, but, I mean, here's the thing is when you have Zeke, you you don't necessarily need to throw a ton of touchdowns. Right. That that's what it boils down to for me for for Dak. But here's where his extra value is. Every year he's been around 300 rushing yards and he's scored six yep. rushing rushing touchdowns each year. So yep. that helps buoy his low passing yards and passing touchdowns. And he always Bowie. finds himself into a back end QB one at the end of the year. Yeah. Somehow he does it. So. Um, Carson Wentz, number two for me. Uh, My first point is he has trouble staying on the field the last two years, playing 13 and 11 games. Now, he was on an MVP pace two years ago where he threw 33 touchdowns and seven INTs in 13 games. He That's one thing he does really well. He keeps his INTs low with seven each of the last two seasons. Now, he has all the weapons needed to be a massive value pick. When I looked at his uh, current position, according to Fantasy Pros, he's the 13th quarterback off the board. So if you're one of those guys that really likes to wait, it might not be too bad of an idea to really take a look at him. I mean, in 10-team leagues, he's not possibly even drafted. 12-team leagues, depends. He might not even be drafted. So a big value pick for me there. Um, Eli Manning. It's real simple. He can still pile up the yards, but he also piles up the interceptions. Hasn't been over 26 touchdowns in each of the last three seasons, and now they got rid of his best weapon in in Odell Beckham. He just doesn't have any upside to me, and it looks like he gets really nervous when there's any pressure even around him. So yeah. um, in Case Keenum, it's real simple. The, The season in Minnesota seems like a distant memory. We talked about it. He's not playing with Diggs and Thielen. And to me, if I'm the coach of this team, this team's going to lead the lead in rushing attempts because they really have no receiving weapons that I like. So <laughs> that yeah. it, just that nature alone caps his upside uh, any that he had. So right. that's why I've got my top four the way it is. Dan, I'm thinking you have it the same way. No, I, I have it the exact same way. Uh, it, it, it's not even close. Um, it, it goes right down the line. Dak, Wentz, uh, Eli, and – oh, sorry. Did you have Case Keenum in, ahead of Eli? No. No, right. Okay, that's yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> that's a negative. No, uh, yeah, that's a negative Ghost Rider. Um, yeah, no, it, it, it's not even close. Um, eh, I guess Wentz and Dak is closer than probably anything else. 
Um, but frankly, uh, with just the upside that Dak brings with the rushing game and, and frankly, the durability that he has, uh, it's somebody who, you know, I actually like Dak a lot this season. Yeah, um, me too. A whole year with Amari Cooper. Uh, let's see what they do in the draft. I mean, if for some reason they end up getting a uh, uh, one of those high flight tight ends, I mean, look out. I mean, there's a lot of tight end talent, something that if for some reason one of those guys ends up in Dallas, that's going to be very interesting. I mean, you get Zeke, you get Amari Cooper, you get, you get Randall Cobb, and now you get a young, talented tight end who's going to get a you know a, a pretty good coach type mentor in Jason Witten. Uh, so I think that would really open things up. Wentz, basically, he's got Ertz, and, and uh, the receivers are okay. The running game in Philadelphia is a mess. Um, Jordan Howard, frankly, is not the answer there. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I guess I don't really know what to expect out of Jordan Howard. I would. I would it would be nice to see a Jordan Howard Renaissance, just so he can kind of make it back to the caliber of player people thought he was going to be two years ago. Yep. Uh, he's in maybe a better system now than he was before. Uh, Eli. Yeah, I don't know really what to expect out of him. I don't love the wide receivers. Uh, I don't expect big yardage numbers. You could get a tight end here and there. Uh, I think most of your passing tight ends from passing touchdowns from Eli are going to come via uh, screens and dump down passes to San Juan Barkley. Right. And Case Keenum, I agree with you. They're going to lead the league in rushing attempts because uh, who's he throwing the ball to? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, they they better look at receivers in the draft, frankly. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious to see what um, our talking points are when we talk about what Washington's needs are because it could go multiple. It, I you could probably just say offense. I mean, really, everything. Yeah, you just right. want to say everything. Right, right. So. Dan, let's go through the defenses. How do you rank your defenses in the NFC East? I have them, I have them ranked the same way as my offense, right. frankly. Uh, Dallas, uh, number one. And then we go Eagles, number two. Giants, number three. Redskins, number four. Yeah, I'm pretty much I, – I flipped three and four, but we're right on the same wavelength there. I mean – I think I, I get the Giants lost that lost a, a big big part uh, when their safety left playing Collins, but um, I, I just I don't feel I feel like the pass rush is better uh, in uh, New York uh, and, and the Redskins felt like we're just giving up a ton of points last year left and right. Uh, just not somebody who I was, uh, you know, very interested. I, I don't think I, I ever saw anyone play them in any fantasy league that I was ever in, frankly. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, just a few things on the defense. I know this isn't necessarily a focal point for us, but uh, the Cowboys were actually top 10 last year in yards per game, points per game allowed. They locked up their pass rusher, Demarcus Lawrence. And, boy, they really got a nice linebacker core with Jalen Smith, Leighton Van Der Esch, and Sean Lee when healthy. That's a pretty formidable line. So their front seven is pretty nasty. Um, Eagles last year were bend but don't break type of defense. They were bottom half in yards per game but top 12 in points per game, which says they stiffened up once it got close to the end zone there. Uh, I had Redskins pretty middle of the pack last year in yards per game and points per game. Um, did finish seventh with 46 stacks, so they, they did get home a lot. Um, 
Ryan Kerrigan's uh, a nice defensive player, and you know the questions are: Will they get a return on investment from Landon Collins and Collins, and can Josh Norman ever return back to the form in Carolina? And uh, it doesn't look like it because it, he's not been the same player. But right. if he does, then. You know, could be nice, but the Giants were towards the bottom of the league in most defensive metrics last year. And outside of the Raiders, they were the second worst team as far as getting sacks. So, uh, you know, like I said, we don't, uh, as far as defenses, I could see the Cowboys and Eagles being fantasy options. The other two right now, I just don't see as options in fantasy. So, no, I agree. Who is your biggest potential breakout for the NFC East? Oh, uh, yeah, I'll be honest with you. Uh, this is a name that you, we've already thrown around a bunch, and it, it might sound weird, um, but I'm going to say it's Amari Cooper, and here's why. Uh, I think this is the first time he's been in a system where he is going to be a legitimately featured wide receiver. He's got a better quarterback than he's ever had before. He's got a running game that's supportive. Uh, and, and last year, the theme for me and for Amari Cooper was what a difference to change the venue has made. I, I said it a million times. So I said it a million times tonight already. Uh, I think this is the year he puts it all together. This is the consistent, consistently great season uh, that you're going to get from Amari Cooper. And I get he's been in the league for a while. And usually with these, we say eh, it's someone like a rookie or someone like that. Saquon Barkley broke out already. Um, but I think this is like a, a bu- beautiful butterfly emerging from a cocoon of Oakland garbage. <laughs> and I really think that this season is going to be one of those seasons where people are going to be like, this is what we expected when you came into a league, Mr. Cooper. Right. Uh, let's start hanging. <laughs> oh man, what a great show that was! Right? Uh, was that on so, the uh, Was that on the Friday oh, night series TGIF, where it baby. was? Yep, there it was with uh, TGIF. With uh, oh god, uh, step by step, there was Family Matters. Family and was Matters, Mr. Cooper. That's right. Yeah. That's that's the lineup, my man. There it is. And I just I, I expect him to emerge full force on this offense, and uh, I, I really think that this is his year. Um, which is I know he's had great games before. He's he's a quality fantasy option, but I think he's going to make a big leap this year. Uh, someone who we're going to start talking about in terms of maybe not Odell Beckham, uh, but maybe like a Juju Smith-Schuster type talent. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, he's definitely got it set up to have his best career year ever. So, mine, um, Dan, I went with a, a position that we fondly refer to as the tight end wasteland, and to me, it was Evan Ingram. Um, yep. He should be the focal point uh, of the passing offense, or one of them. I mean, I know they they just uh, locked up their two receivers, but. Here's why I say that. In the last four games of the year when Odell Beckham was out, he had yardage totals of 77, 75, 87, and 81. So for a tight end, that's pretty high and pretty consistent, really. I mean, low 75, high of 87, I'll take that every every day of the week. And mm-hmm. his rookie stat line where he was one of the top 10, probably top 8 type of options, his stat line was 64, 722, and 6 touchdowns. I honestly think he'd get to 7,808, which would put him at a possible top five type of tight end season. So um, at a position of need, I'm banking on Evan Ingram to be uh, the biggest potential breakout in year three as a focal point of that Giants offense that really just got retooled in the offseason there. So 
Um, uh, I think this is a, a year that Evan Ingram, there was also some Evan Ingram hype last season. Right. Uh, I think this is probably the most Evan Ingram hype you're ever going to get going into the season because there is uh, I mean there's not really much else there so uh, I think they expect him to make a huge leap and we'll see if he can we'll, we'll see if he can yep I mean could be a target uh, for tight end uh, you know if you don't get the top three could be one of those players that people might target uh, in their drafts here so yeah, let's go. We'll uh, alternate on this one. Biggest need for each team. For the, I'm going to start with the Cowboys. And when I did research on the Cowboys, because to me on offense they really don't need much. Maybe it's some tight end, you know, depth slash help. Right. Uh, but when I did my research, uh, I came down to defensive tackle. And when I did my research, I referred to uh, the fan sided site where uh, they have a reporter that did biggest needs for the 2019 draft, and uh, you know. They stated the defensive tackle was the biggest hole in the roster. Uh, the position was supposed to be filled by David Irving in 2018, but he departed the team. Uh, suspended for multiple or for not reporting from drug tests. So I think if they compare somebody uh, in a position of power uh, for the draft with Demarcus Lawrence, and just like I said, I'm leaning on people that report on this team. It looks like defensive tackle is going to be my biggest need. How about yours, Dan? Uh, it's tight end. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I get that Jason Witten is back. I get that. Um, but uh, Jason back. Jason Witten was also in the Monday Night Football uh, booth all last season, and none of the other guys who they brought in at all panned out. So, I mean, who is filling that spot? And if you're thinking you're going to get like huge levels of production out of Jason Witten, uh, I just don't think you're getting that. And um, I mean, I, I think that if they go tight end in the draft, uh, I, I love the team. I, I love the team if they get a young, talented tight end that Jason Witten can kind of come in and mentor and stuff like that. Uh, that that makes me excited. But w- without that, uh, I think there's a glaring hole in the offense, frankly. Oh, yeah. Here's, here's the other tight end we tried to bank on, Blake Jarwin. Yeah, nice job, Blake. <laughs> Heck of the year, buddy. Yep. Thank you, Blake. And for the Eagles, Dan, mine was once again on the def- defensive side. I don't really see any weaknesses on their offense, so I, I did some research on, uh, you know, from Philadelphia reporters on what they expect them to do in the draft. And they once again said uh, on the defensive side of things, especially the defensive line. So looks like they're focusing on defensive tackle um, to add more depth because it sounds like they like to rotate along the defensive line. Um, and so to get depth on there, uh, you know, they're calling this defensive line class historic as far as the draft's concerned. So right. when you fit needs with uh, areas of strength with the draft, um, sounds like based on the reports from Philadelphia, they are going to be looking at the defensive line as well. So what are your biggest needs for Philadelphia? Running back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm looking at it from a fantasy perspective. Uh, I just don't see uh, he I mean, I don't I, I again, this could be a Jordan Howard renaissance season. And, you know, it could be one of those times where 
uh, you know, he says, well, now I'm in an offense that fits my skill set a little bit better. But, uh, I mean, the way the offenses are going and the way that the offenses run before, uh, Darren Sproles was the rest running back, uh, give or take a couple uh, random JHI games. Right. Um, but I think that that is the biggest hole uh, in terms of fantasy. I just don't see anyone excited about the running game in Philadelphia right now. Yep. Uh you know, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see if Jordan Howard can sort of recapture from two years ago. But, um, Dan, I think we're going to have the same for the Giants. Uh, I listed quarterback. They need to start yeah. really addressing this position for the yeah. future. No, I completely agree. And uh, I think as a Okay, so I remember the one time I can think about this in terms of our real-life experience when we saw this happen was when they drafted Ben Roethlisberger. Right. And that season, I believe, the starter with Tommy Maddox. There you go. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're right on. Um, But to me, it was a situation where Tommy Maddox, you are not the long-term answer for us at quarterback. Uh, So we're bringing in Ben, and uh, all of a sudden, Maddox goes down. And here you are, Ben, rookie quarterback. And now you've got one of the greatest of all time. And now you've you've had one of the best of all time. Uh, He's been there. Bring somebody in so they – I mean, hopefully Eli is the type of player who says, you know what, I see what's going on here and I'm going to help and and do what I can to help the organization that's kind of – I've been with my entire career. Uh, Not all players are like that. I get that. But uh, I think right now is the time to answer that. You've got Eli as a placeholder. And I don't understand this whole thing last season where they didn't they broke his consecutive starts and all that stuff right. in a lost season. Forget about that, man. I mean, come on, are you kidding me? Uh, if you really wanted, I mean, you could have t- should have taken a quarterback last season. Let's be honest, you should have taken one of those great quarterbacks that are starting last season. Um, now you're now you're stuck with what you got. You're not getting Kyler Murray, uh, so you're probably going to have to go Dwayne Haskins, which is not necessarily a bad thing. He's not a mobile quarterback. He's an he's a th- he is a uh, quarterback, yeah, who has a who has a fantastic arm, but at the same time, then you get rid of Odell Beckham. I, I don't get it. What's going on it's there? Weird. Like quarterback, quarterback is what you need. You don't need a running back. Uh, your defense was solid. You've got okay players. I mean, the other thing is, is maybe you go try to get another elite receiver, but you had one, so why did you get rid of him? Uh, puzzling, 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 puzzling. But I, I agree with you, Bobby. It's quarterback. That's quarterback. And the Redskins, Dan, I made a joke about it earlier, but I forgot I had this note. Mine was literally offense, not necessarily running backs, but anything else offensively. <laughs> yeah, how about just the whole team? You just need to start this thing over. I, I get it. Uh, I mean, quarterback, I think, is probably the biggest because I think it starts with that. Right. Um, uh, it's not going to be Alex Smith. Who knows if he comes back? It's not going to be Colt McCoy. Uh, Cleveland Browns tried that. Uh, and it's not going to be Case Keenum. Denver tried it. Yep. Uh, so right now you're in a huge holding pattern. You've got decent running backs. Uh, we're hoping guys can come through. Um, you, you need wide receivers, and you're going to have to replace Jordan Reed at some point. Uh, right. You can't just kind of count on having a decent tight end for eight games and then have hopefully that Vernon Davis plays for like the rest of his life. It's just not the way it's going to go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's not a recipe for success there. So yeah, pick and choose the position on offense for the Red- Washington Redskins. Cause it could really be right. any of it. So, so Dan, it sounds like we were very heavily favoring the Cowboys and the Eagles. I think we pretty much agreed across the board this episode. 
Yeah, and this is one of those, again, we never talk about this. Uh, we always go into it kind of fresh, but uh, I, frankly, I think this one was a little easy. Right, I, I do too. So, yeah, it looks like we're going to close up right before the draft, and it just happened to fall that way with the NFC West. So we will do the same thing, and that will close up our uh, deep dives into each uh, division and into each conference in the division. So, uh, or I said that backwards, each division within the conference. Um, right. And that'll really you know prime us. And then once the draft occurs, that's when we can really start having a lot of different discussions. You know, now we can really start analyzing, uh, you know, more the fantasy side once the pieces settle there to see, yep. you know, really where, because now once that occurs, Dan, it's pretty much starting to, on, on the path of dynasty. Yeah, it's uh, it's getting to be that time where you, I mean, you kind of you saw some interesting players at the combine. I think now is really when it's going to start uh, gearing up, where people are like going to have an idea of who they're targeting, um, and you could probably start doing your dynasty research at this point if you haven't already started doing it. Yep, never too early as far as dynasty is concerned. So, I think once the draft occurs, we'll probably do some draft recap and. Um, really start focusing uh, on Dynasty and then move on from there. So it looks like we've got a pretty good set of episodes coming ahead of us because everything's falling Full right slate, into place. Bob. Yep. So, Dan, let's go ahead and close the show. So, as always, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NotTakesFF. That's N-O-T-T-A-K-E-S-F-F. You can email us, NotTakesFF at gmail.com. You visit our podcast homepage, anchor.fm forward slash NotTakesFF. That's A-N- chor.fm forward slash not takes ff you can listen to our episodes there you can follow us there and interact with us on that site or if you have a preferable um, podcast platform that you like we have links to the 12 platforms that we're currently on so it will take you directly to there where you can subscribe and follow on that specific platform uh, for anybody that listens on Apple Podcasts, if you can give us like 15 to 20 seconds of your day and leave us a rating and review, a five-star rating really helps, and we love listening and getting the feedback on what we can do for the show via those reviews. So I uh, really appreciate that if you could take the time. But any podcast platform that you're on, go ahead and subscribe. That way you get the episodes as we drop. Like we said, this week, we're delayed a couple days due to some uh, moving conflicts on my end. So um, that's why you won't miss an episode if you subscribe. Um, but Dan, why don't you go ahead and shout it out like we always do for your brother, Tom. Yeah, the song's called Alma. It's been with us from the very beginning. Uh, never gets old, frankly. So uh, if you like what he's doing, uh, it's my brother, played, played by my brother, composed by my brother. Uh, he does a little bit of everything. Uh, if you like what he's doing, check him out on his SoundCloud. He's that dude, Tom. Uh, he's always coming with new stuff and, you know, working with other artists and things like that. It, it, he does a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, so please check him out on his SoundCloud. And big shout out for letting us use it, my man. Uh, great tune. Yeah, thanks a lot, Tom, as always, for the song. And Dan, we will meet together actually in a, in a couple days, realistically, since we yeah. started uh, late with our final deep dive into the NFC West. So until then, man, have a good weekend, and I will talk to you later. Woo!